CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. My name is Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the three before. Each week we will take three minutes before our service to catch you up on some of the things happening around our church. Ministering to people in need is something we are passionate about. As we approach Easter, we are once again assembling Easter baskets for the children of women in local shelters. Items we need include seven-inch stuffed animals, books, toothbrushes and toothpaste, and candy. We ask that you return your donations to the Bear Campus by April 2nd. To learn more, contact Ginger Carroll at 302-690-1308. Easter is a time for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus, and it is also a time when families and communities come together. On Saturday, April 1st from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., our Bear Campus will host another Easter extravaganza. The day will include hunting for eggs and, of course, candy. There will also be hot dogs, games, and prizes. In preparation for this, we need bags of small, individually wrapped candy. You can drop off your donations at either campus during office hours or service times. Our Early Learning and Child Care Center is gearing up for another year of summer camp. We are currently enrolling students kindergarten through sixth grade for this year's camp, which begins on June 20th and runs through August 25th. 
Hours are 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily, Monday through Friday. You can enroll your student for the entire summer, or we have options for shorter time periods. To learn more, contact Bush Lewis at 302-836-6445 or hlewis at ctcde.church. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. If you're in the room or if you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you today. If you're in the room, can you stand with us as we begin this morning? By giving thanks to God for all that he has done for us, for all that he is to us and all that we are to him.
another one. today. We thank you, Lord, that you picked us up, you turned us around, and our feet, we are walking on the path that you have chosen for us. And so, God, we rejoice today in your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, once again, we welcome you today in this house. We invite you to be with us and move among us. Encourage us, strengthen us, and change us in the moments that we have together today. God, our hearts are turned toward you filled with gratitude for all that you are, all that you've done, and all that you will do in our lives. We thank you for the privilege of worshiping together. We draw strength from that, God, not just from worshiping you, not just from being in your presence, but from being in the presence of each other, from being in the presence of other believers and encouraging one another. So, Lord, let us do that today in all that we do and say in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen and amen. Well, you may be seated this morning. We uh, apologize for uh, the technical difficulties that we didn't have any lyrics on on there, but I saw a lot of you singing, so congratulations. You, you didn't need the words. Sometimes we don't need them as much as we think we do, huh? Well, welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. It is great to have you in the house of the Lord today. It's so good to see you. Those of you that are worshiping online with us today, we welcome you. Uh, especially if you're new today, if you've never been with us, uh, we just want to extend a special welcome to you and uh, invite you to stop by Connect Central on the way out of the sanctuary this this morning at the end of the service. It's on the left-hand side of the mall out there. You can stop in. We have a free gift for you. You can find out information about our church and uh, meet some people from from our uh, congregation, and they can uh, encourage you and, and inspire you. Those of you that are online, if you're new, there's an I'm new button that you can click uh, and you can let us know that you're new. Uh, if you're, whether you're online or uh, in-house and you're new, if you would just take that Connect card that's in front of you and just give us the basic information, whatever information you feel like you can trust us with. We promise we will not abuse that information. We just want to thank you for your uh, visit and uh, be able to keep you update on, updated on uh, things that are going on around our church. Also on that Connect card, you can... Uh, give us prayer requests and praise reports, and uh, we meet, groups meet throughout the week. 
uh, to pray over those. So again, if you are, whether you're new or whether you're a regular attender, uh, we encourage you to fill that uh, Connect card out every time you're with us. Uh, God bless you. Pastor Roger's coming. Good morning, everybody. Great to see all of you with us this morning. You look beautiful today. You look beautiful today online, wherever you are. Combed your hair and everything. I'm so glad you got up here. Right, you think I can see you. I can. (laughs) Uh, Technology today. Well, anyway, so glad that you all are here with us this morning. I want to just, just in this time, just say a big thank you to the uh, to our council of lay elders that we have at Christ the Cornerstone. They have been giving excellent leadership to to us as we have gone through a very important decision to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church, and we got through that. Yesterday, uh, for less, uh, a couple of weeks before that vote, uh, we were showing their pictures. We want you to see who they are. There are seven of them. Uh, and and uh, let's see, we don't have Fran here today. We don't have Gwen here. Are any of the elders in the room today? <laughs> We're going to take attendance right now. They haven't they haven't showed up, but uh, uh, they they are active and they are uh, very involved in the church. Yesterday, uh, no, today's Sunday. Friday evening, the elders gathered together with me up at our Ellesmere campus, and we we had what we called a little retreat. And uh, uh, Friday night, we gathered together for prayer. We had some reports uh, from our senior center ministry and just spent a, uh, had a meal together and spent some time in prayer uh, and uh, thinking about, okay, what are the next steps for our congregation and, and where do we go now? You all need to know what that is. And I want you to know that the elders are diligent in creating that plan and talking about it. We're not just slapping together some, some things, but there are important things that, that we want to lead you in doing, and these are uh, serious things for us for our future together uh, as a church. And so it was Friday night we spent that time together, and then we met again Saturday morning at 8.30, and we stayed there until 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Again, uh, talking, praying together, reading Scripture together, and thinking, God, what are, where do you want us to go, and how do you want us to get there? And so we will be coming out. I can't give you specific answers today because we've learned that there are some more details that we've got to research (laughs) before we make some decisions and say, hey, this is the direction that we we want to go. But I just want you to know that that we're we're not sitting back. And I know that you're we still encourage you to ask questions. It's not secret, but we're, we're just not quite ready to say this is the plan that we are that we're putting together. But we will we will share that with you. As, as quickly as we can because we have some important things to do. Uh, so thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your generosity of your service. Thank you. You know, I said last week that we still have important work to do. We're, we're a church that is in ministry to our community, and we have got to do those things. And so Easter's coming up. It's a great time to invite people to come and worship with us and participate with us and enter into small groups and and serve the community. In fact, uh, during Holy Week, uh, you know, when we when we do our Good Friday that you've, we've been announcing that uh, we're asking our neighbors to to collect food uh, on Good Friday as we do our crosswalk. And I like combining just that spiritual act of carrying the cross of Christ as a devotional and uh, spiritual activity for us, but also inviting the neighbors that we've walked past to share 
uh, with with one another, and I think that's a, a good activity. So that's we'll be we'll be doing that in the next couple of weeks. You'll hear about that. Well, let's continue to encourage each other as we read a scripture that inspires us and teaches us how to be generous with all that we got. We're going to have that on screen, or we, that's that part of the technical difficulties. We're still in technical difficulties. Let's see. Now I've got to come up with one off the top of my head. This is going to be fun. Let's stand together, because I'm not going to do it. Let's see if something comes to me. See if something comes to me while we pray. Let's stand together as the team comes back and leads us in, in worship. God, you have given us so much stuff. And you have given us so many abilities. You have given yourself to us. And I thank God that we'll be talking about this later. To love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said, that's the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equal to it. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you've done in our lives. We're here to worship you today, to lift you up. Come and be present with us as we give ourselves to you in worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God, we worship you. King of kings and Lord of lords. There's freedom in His name. 
us his presence. He's promised us his Holy Spirit. He's promised to provide everything that we need to feed us with honey from the rock and the finest of wheat. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, men on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you got honey on the rock.
trust in you. Give the Lord praise today. We trust in you, oh God. We trust you. Hallelujah. God, we know that because of what we've seen you do in our lives in the past, that you can do it again. We sing a song sometimes that says, I've seen you move. Move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Jesus talks about faith over and over and over again during his ministry. And in the Gospels, we read about faith, faith that made the woman with the issue of blood whole. It was her faith that healed her. It was Jairus' faith that caused his daughter to be raised from the dead. It was the faith of the centurion that caused his servant to be raised from the dead. It was faith that caused all these people that Jesus encountered to be healed and saved and delivered and set free. But as we say over and over again in this room, and maybe I just say it for my benefit because we forget, and again, I say this all the time, and by when I say by we, I mean me. I forget what God has done in the past, and this situation comes up in my life, and I go, oh God, how are you going to take care of this? But I forget that there is always something to be grateful for. There's always something for us. Even in the most difficult of circumstances of our lives, there's always something to be grateful for. He has set us apart. He has saved us for a purpose. Not just to exist. Not just to walk around with a body on this earth until that's over. We have a purpose on this earth. 
So God, we pray that with thanksgiving in our hearts, gratitude in our spirits today, God, we would worship you with everything that we have. And just lift our hands. Sing hallelujah to you.
Hallelujah. So get up, my soul. There's a lion inside of you. I want to invite the children to come as they go down with Miss April. And let's bless our children before they go. Come on down, kids. April, you want to go down and, and, and greet them there. But let's pray together as the children gather. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, for the breath that you have put in the lungs of these our children, we pray, God, that they breathe deeply in your, the life that you have to give them. And, God, that whatever they're doing, that they, that they roar <laughs> with your praise as they grow, as they, as they grow in favor with God and with others, Jesus, just as Jesus did. And we ask you to bless them, teach them. This morning, be with their leaders this morning, that they would have your presence with them, protect them, and guide them. Be with all of our families, God, as we're seeking to raise our children in the way that is good and right, the way that you want them to go, so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. May your blessing fall upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. joy it is to be able to gather together in the presence of the Lord to, to lift up his praises. Don't, don't you experience, I hope, I do, I experience new life when I praise God and, and I hear you singing and it's wonderful to do that. Thank you for your praises that you give to God. And if you're at home online, I know that wherever you are, you can join us in praising the Lord and he comes and he inhabits, he lives in the praises of his people. God is Good. There was a time when people say all the time, all the time, God is good. We're talking about prayer still as we're approaching Easter. We're in this season. We've been talking about different types of prayer. We've talked about what prayer is. Several weeks ago, I had the great big balloons, the P-R-A-Y balloons. And we, we learned that one, one plan for prayer is to let that be an acronym. And P stands for pause. R stands for rejoice, A stands for ask, Y stands for yield, or to say yes to God. And uh, we talked about um, getting indignant with our prayers and, and, and letting God know our emotions and our soul and, and being honest and open with God and learning that, that God is not scared by our emotions. God knows what we're going through and is good and right for us to to come to God with, 
with ourselves as we are. He wants us to do that. Last week we talked about unanswered prayers and and how that affects our lives, but it's always an opportunity for us to continue to grow. God has not abandoned us when we think we cannot hear God. God is still present with us. And yes, it's a challenge to deal with unanswered prayers, but we must not stop having our faith and our trust in God. Today we get to a type of prayer that um, is, is to me one of the most enjoyable types of prayer. It's in many ways the easiest kind of prayer that we can experience. And to me it, it, it brings the most fulfilling uh, part uh, to, to, to prayer. And it's called contemplative prayer, a big, long Latin word, to contemplate, to reflect. Here's a, here's a definition of contemplative prayer. Silent enjoyment of God's loving presence. Now think about each of those words. We're quiet. And I know that for many of us, when we get quiet, we don't like the quiet. It reminds us that we might be alone. It reminds us that there are no distractions around us. We have to, being alone is a very difficult thing to do. And sometimes our silence keeps us from doing it. But this says, silence. What else does it say? Put it back up, please. (laughs) Thank you. Silent enjoyment of God's loving presence. Remember, God loves you. God is love. So when we are in the presence of God, even in the midst of God's anger, now, and, and I, this morning I was doing a little bit of work on, our, on the Easter s- series that we'll be starting on Easter Sunday, titled, uh-oh, I forgot what it was, titled, Raise to Live. Jesus Christ raised so He can live, but also so that we can live. We are, we are raised not just to survive, but raised to love. I was thinking about that this morning and making some notes about that series. And, and, and realizing once again, okay, in that thing, in the Scriptures we're going to look at, we see God's anger. But even in God's anger, we can experience God's love. Have you ever been with somebody who is angry at you, but there's also great love for you? I have. And I'm so grateful for that. Because I am assured that that person's love for me will be consistent and is the same. But there's still anger. And God's love for us is consistent. God is love. And we can sit in the presence of God's love. That's what contemplative prayer is. There was a girl who who was um, walking one night with her grandmother. Beautiful, clear sky at the night. Billions of stars in the sky. And the little girl looked up and she, she had gone to church enough to know that we're looking at the heavens. And she said, Grandma, if the bottom side of heaven looks this beautiful, <laughs> imagine what the top side looks like. <laughs> Do you ever think you're looking at the bottom side of heaven? <laughs> that's, what, that's what this world is. This world is, this world is just a foretaste 
There's an old hymn. Foretaste of the glory divine that is to come. What a glorious thing that is. So, as we're thinking about contemplative prayer, I, you know, that's the definition. Silent enjoyment of God's loving presence. How do we do that? And, and in, this, in this week's session, and if you're going to join us, I hope that you would, and, and, and uh, on Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock, we'll still have our, our Zoom session where we go a little bit deeper in this. We'll look at some other psalms. We're going to look at one psalm today and, and kind of let it teach us what we can experience with contemplative prayer. But all the, all the uh, scriptures that we're going to look at on Wednesday, and there's a card on your table that tells you how you can join us on, on Wednesday. Uh, and, and if you're online, just send a note there saying, hey, how do we find out? And somebody will send you the, uh, the information to join us on Zoom on Wednesday. But I want to look at Psalm 19. So we've seen the definition of contemplative prayer that is silent enjoyment of God's loving presence. It's just enjoying the presence of God. But Psalm 19 gives us three ways that we can enjoy God's presence. The first is that we can enjoy God's creation. God has given us creation to give us something to think about. Is that right? Have you, uh, have you never looked at God's creation and marveled? <laughs> I believe you have. In many ways. So let's, let's read the first part of Psalm 19 and see how, how the writer, even thousands of years ago, looked at God's creation and allowed it to, 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 to lead the writer, probably David, to worship and contemplate who is this God? What is this God doing? How does this God love me? And that becomes part of our contemplative prayer. We just reflect on it and we enjoy the presence of God because of His creation. Let's read this. Verse 1 says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. You can't look at this world without recognizing God. That is such a powerful statement. And and so many times, we just ignore it. And and even even our, our scientists... And I know, I know that I know the debates, <laughs> science and faith. To me, there is no debate. Scientists are merely exploring what God has already done. And and in order, and then and then to to explore a rock, and to, and to and to invest time and energy to learn about that rock how it was formed, and to make deductions or conclusions about this rock came out of this volcano. This rock was, was put here by a, a flood. This rock was laid upon this rock. And we can see these layers. It's just describing all that God has created, the laws of nature that God has created. And it's a wonderful thing. And it can cause us to say, thank you, God, for all these things. 
The heavens declare the glory of God. They speak without a sound or word. And their voice is never heard. It's a great contrast in this language. He's talking about hearing. He's talking about speaking. But we can't speak without making a sound. You can't hear the thoughts that I'm... (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I mean, they're all good right now. Trust me. Except this ear thing is bugging me. They speak without sound or word. Their voice is never heard. And yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. Did you see the sun rise this morning? I knew I was preaching on this this morning. And as I was coming, we we, we pulled into Wawa to get our typical Sunday morning coffee. It's not that uh, Christ the Cornerstone's coffee is not good, but that's just a tradition Carolyn and I have. Pulled in and had to put the visor down because the sun was just coming up and I couldn't see how to pull into the parking lot or get out of it. I have thought of this next verse this morning on my way to church when the sun was blinding me. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. You know, know, God loves creation. This word home is a beautiful word. It means means there is a place of rest. There is a place to belong. It's supposed to be there. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. And it bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. Look at the images that the writer is using to describe all of creation. And now we're talking about a bride and a bridegroom coming out of the wedding chamber. Yay! (laughs) Yay! This is a beautiful thing. Life is created because of God. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. I saw an amazing video online. Just a very brief one. And the photographer, it was a horse race. I don't know if it was Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky. I don't know if it was a Kentucky Derby or some other race. But the photographer had gotten, it was the gate. All the horses were lined up in in the I guess they call it the gate. I don't, I don't know much about it. The, the photographer obviously got down so that, and, he, and he looked through the row of horses and, and took a picture and just before the bell rang and the gates opened. And you could see at least 20 horses. What's four times 20? 80, thank you. 80 hooves that you could see in this picture. And, and, and all lined up perfectly. And you could see them twitching. All the energy just ready to go. But, but it has been held back by these gates. 
And all of a sudden you hear the bell ring. And the most amazing thing happens. The front hooves lift up all the ground. All at the same time. 20 horses, 40 front hooves lifting off the ground at the same time. And at the moment those hooves lift up, you can see all the muscles in the back legs tense up. And the, and the hooves on the back dig into the dirt as those horses push forward as fast as they can. I, I thought of that image when I read it rejoices, the sun rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun is ready to bring life into this world because God has created the sun to do so. And God has created you to have that same life. Nothing can hide from the sun's heat. Enjoy God's creation through contemplative prayer. Enjoy God's presence. The second way God in this psalm teaches us that we can contemplate and enjoy God is to enjoy God's instructions. Now, I know you love instructions. You love regulations. You love laws. But let's take time to think about what life is like without laws. What is life like without instructions? How do you get to your friend's house if you don't have instructions to get there? You can't connect. So if we have no laws, if we have no instructions, if we have no willingness to to submit ourselves to the rules that God has placed around us, the structures that God has placed for us to live in, we don't experience what God wants us to experience in life. We've got to follow the laws. So thank you, God, for your instructions. Is that a challenge? I know that there are many instructions that God gives us in Scripture that we do not get. Why do you tell us to do that, God? That doesn't make any sense. Nobody else around me is doing that, God, so apparently it's not an instruction that I have to follow anymore. And I know, and, and, and we could sit down and maybe on Wednesday we'll talk about this. Okay, let's look at some of those laws. And why don't we rejoice in these instructions? For example, I really like lobster. But the Old Testament says don't eat lobster. So why do I, why do I say I can still enjoy lobster? Well, let's, let's save that question for another time. <laughs> it's a lot of time to answer that question right now. And I probably don't have a very good answer. To be honest, maybe there's a reason that God still doesn't want us to eat lobster, but we can't figure it out. So if we don't understand it, we're not going to do it because we're all a lot like that. Verse seven says the instructions of the Lord are perfect. They revive the soul. God's instructions will bring life to you and your body. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, 
bringing joy to the heart. I think this word perfect that we read, I think is better understood not in the sense that they're written correctly, they're spelled correctly, <laughs> the penmanship is good, but in the sense of maturity. Just as when we have a ripe banana, we have a ripe orange, and I use this illustration all the time because it's so clear and it's so simple. But they're nothing alike, but they're perfect when they're at their maturity. God's laws bring us to our own maturity. And God's laws are themselves mature. And therefore, we can trust them because they are going to lead us to a place that brings maturity in our own lives. So we can trust them to do that. And this word right in verse 8 The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. We live in a world where we long for righteousness. We have many injustices in this world. And we want to make things right. God's laws will move us in a direction of righteousness in our world. And justice in our world. If we will obey them. But thank God that He gives them to us. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Again, there's an allusion to righteousness, justice, and injustice. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey from the rock. Oh no, I added that. They are sweeter than honey. Even honey dripping from the comb. They're a warning to your servant. A great reward for those who obey them. Take time in your prayers. God, I'm I'm, I'm reading this verse. I don't understand it. It goes against what our culture is telling me to do. I don't know what happens if I do it. Well, let me find out. (laughs) See what God would do in your life. I would expect that you would find blessing. I would expect that you would grow. I would expect that you would see God's power working in your life. The third thing, first, was enjoy God's creation. This psalm teaches us to enjoy God's creation, to enjoy God's instructions, and ultimately to enjoy God's loving presence. Just sitting in the presence of the Lord, soaking it in, being a sponge. We need that in our world. And look, there's a progression in this psalm. One, it begins with creation. Distant from us, not very personal. I don't have a personal relationship with this rock or with this river or whatever. It's just there. But then enjoying God's instructions. Okay, now God's speaking to me personally. What would you say, God? And it's getting more personal. And look how the psalmist responds to that. Here, enjoying God's loving presence. And verse 12 says, How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Sitting in the presence of God, 
we are confronted with ourselves and how unlike God we are and how unlike God's intentions for us we have become. Oh God, the psalmist says, having contemplated His creation, having contemplated His instructions, oh God, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults, things in me that I don't even know yet about myself. Purify me, O God. Keep Your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. And look at the result. (laughs) And then I will be free from guilt. Nobody likes guilt. In Christ, we are free from guilt. An innocent of great sin. And then finally he ends, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, the contemplation in my mind, God, every thought, God, that I have, may it be pleasing to You, Jesus. And forgive those thoughts ah, that are a stench to Your nose. Jesus, You are a loving God. I think of sitting in the presence of God and I remember an experience that I had with my son Ryan. He's 28, so this was 25 years ago. He was three. It's probably year 2000, 1999. Carolyn was, I guess it was earlier than that. No, he was probably 1997 or 98. Carolyn was pregnant with Emily and and she was having a difficult time during the pregnancy, so she was already in bed and I was putting Ryan going through his bedtime routine. And in 1998, 1999, the typical three-year-old bedtime routine involved some kind of VHS video and a Disney (laughs) sing-along. So as was typical, Ryan was, uh, was sitting on the couch in front of the television and Ryan was right here between my knees. And I had my arms around him like this beautiful red-headed boy. Gets it from his grandmother. Blonde, strawberry blonde hair. Just watching his Disney video. I felt such great love for Ryan. I just remember. And, you know, it was a difficult time. And so I was just enjoying being, contemplating what God was doing, even through the difficulties that we were facing. And I just remember leaning my head forward and kissing the top of Ryan's head. It was an expression of daddy's love for his son. Now, in my mind, I expected Ryan to turn around, look at me like... And he wouldn't look at me with a puzzled look that said, Daddy, why are you kissing the top of my head? No, 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 no. This look was going to say, this is in my imagination, this look was going to say, Daddy, you're beautiful and I love you too. So I sat there with my arms around him, just with my lips, just barely touching his hair, waiting for his response. And I waited. And I waited. (laughs) And I waited. He didn't respond, he just watched Mickey Mouse. 
I kissed him again. But do you think that stopped my love for him? Look, God, God is holding you. And, and I know that this, this is a contemplate being in the presence of God, but before you even get to the point of contemplating being in the presence of God, God is already enjoying loving you. And God doesn't care if you're running away from Him. He still loves you. God doesn't care if you're so involved in what you're doing that you can't think about Him and, and he, he sends somebody to you on, on a particular day to give you a blessing and, and you say thank you very much and you get back on with your business and you never even reflect that, wow, that was a great blessing from God. God doesn't care. He still loves you. And, and when you're in the hospital, when, you're, when your bank account is, 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 is overdrawn, when, when you're trying to figure out how do we pay for this? God is loving you. So take time to enjoy being in the presence of God. He's already enjoying being in your presence. Our invitation this morning is take time, <laughs> obviously, to simply contemplate God's creation. Give thanks to God. Contemplate His instructions that He gives to us because this is the way of life. And this is the way of eternal life. To trust in Jesus who gave Himself on the cross so that all who trust in Him and rely upon Him will live eternally with God, free from guilt, free from shame. What a beautiful thing that is. So I invite you to come this morning and maybe like the psalmist, you're asking the question, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? And maybe your prayer simply is this, cleanse my heart, O God. I invite you to do that this morning. Let's stand together as the team leads us in song. I invite you to come and kneel and pray here or you want to pray with somebody at a prayer station you're welcome to do that if you want to pray online please submit a a, a request you don't have to be uh, detailed in your prayer request just say i just need prayer let the holy spirit speak to the person who's praying for you and i trust that god will pray appropriately the holy spirit will lead appropriately thank you Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We rest today in Your presence. We give You praise. We give You joy. We give You ourselves. Cleanse our hearts. Make us free through the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
Spirit, empower us. That's right. Go ahead and praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, empower us that as we spend time contemplating you in your presence, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you set the atmosphere in a way that we enjoy your presence, that we enjoy your goodness? Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. God, as we spend time in prayer contemplating you, all that you are, all that you've done, God, inspire us to remember all that you are and know that the things that you promised, you will do. Holy Spirit, go with us today into our week. Energize us, strengthen us. Help us, God, as we set aside time to pray. Inspire us. We ask in Jesus' name and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. The altar is still open for prayer. If you want to come and pray, there are folks still at the prayer station. If you're online, you can still reach out to somebody for several more minutes. Uh, God bless you. Thank you for being here this week. Have a great week.